Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. You make homemade soup? Yes. Can I come live with you? Life 107.5. I decided yesterday I need to eat better. So I was whipping up some eggs. Also, at the same time, I am cutting and prepping a bunch of fruit and veggies. While that was happening, I was heating up the pan to make the scrambled eggs. Unbeknownst to me, my salt grinder was too close to the heating up pan. Oh, boy. And so the salt grinder has melted and warped. Oh. Okay. And then I turned the salt thing over to salt the eggs and an entire container of coarse salt goes sploosh into my eggs. I mean, it went everywhere, into the eggs, onto the hot stove, onto the floor. I've got three animals sitting there looking at me and I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want them to start licking up salt. So I'm I'm trying to grab the pan and throw it into the sink because it's getting too hot. I'm grabbing the eggs. I'm trying to sweep up the salt. Oh my goodness. And because I yelled at the cats, one of my cats jumped up onto my kitchen table uh-huh. and she knocked over some flowers Perfect. that had a bunch of water in it. Oh my and goodness. so I was like, ah! <laughs> so I'm cleaning up the salt, cleaning up the eggs. Water is falling all over the ground. I reach over to grab a towel off the counter and I pull it out from under the grapes and the blueberries oh, that were no, draining Jen. and grapes and blueberries went all over. So then I'm trying to pick up salt and throw it in the trash, throw away the eggs, keep the hot thing from burning. I don't want to lose all these grapes and blueberries and I don't want the dog to eat the grapes because they're not supposed to eat the grapes. So I am trying to do all of these things at the same time. (laughs) Finally, after about 20 minutes of sheer madness, I'm standing there, a podcast is going, I'm back to scraping my carrots and cutting Mm -hmm. them up. And it wasn't until then (laughs) that I started, that I started laughing uncontrollably (laughs) thinking about what it must have been like to see me, you know, and the only one that did was God, and I'm sure he was laughing. But I realized I had just endured a series of unfortunate events. We do spend a disproportionate amount of time in this room of our home, so it's it's not a big surprise that unfortunate events happen there. It's law of averages. You're bound to make a mistake. In the kitchen. Does that happen to you, Megan? I am a terrible cook. (laughs) This is my moment to shine, friends. Yay! I'm so excited. My kids love banana bread, right? And that's one thing I usually can get kind of right. So I made it one time, and I didn't know my husband put the stevia in, like, what looks like the sugar container. Oh. So um, stevia does not cook as the same as sugar. Uh, It was a brick when I took it out. It's also not a a one-to-one. Yeah, it's like three times as sweet. (laughs) sure is it. Yeah. (laughs) To this day... No one, every time I go to make banana bread, it's like, make sure you grab the sugar. Ah! I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> you mess up one time. Just one I time. Know, right? And you make never- one brick of banana bread. <laughs> Jen, it's funny you bring up a series of kitchen unfortunate events because that literally just happened to my wife yesterday. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. It was happening to me yesterday. It's, it must have been something in the water. <laughs> oh, no. What happened? Well, my, my wife was at work, and they've got a cafeteria there, uh-huh. and it was taco day. Oh, mm, yeah. And so tacos. they've all got their tacos with the meat and the cheese and the veggies and the sour cream. Yeah, and thank you very much. I'm on a diet. <laughs> I know, right? Lindsay's got her plate, and she's very excited. <laughs> she sits down across from some of her coworkers, and they kind of look at her, and they look at her food. They look at Lindsay and they're like, 
do you want us to tell you? <laughs> Lindsay's like, well, now that you've said it, the answer is obviously yes. She said, there's been a mix up in the kitchen and they flipped the labels between the sour cream and the vanilla yogurt. Oh, no. That's not sour cream on your taco. <laughs> She's like, how long has this been going on? Well, nobody's been willing to tell the kitchen. So they've just been ladling out vanilla yogurt on people's tacos all day long. Oh, my goodness. And Lindsay was the first one to go back and say, hey, hey. Um, I'm not mad, but you got your sour cream wrong. Oh, my goodness. Nobody wanted to tell the kitchen. Nobody, and like they were like, oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. We'll fix that. But everybody else is just like scraping <laughs> vanilla yogurt off of their tacos. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Lucas, what was your kitchen unfortunate event? I don't know if you've ever made spaghetti squash, but one of the hacks I have is that you can do it in the microwave. Oh. You just... Put it in there for like 15 minutes instead of the oven, and then it's all good to go. Wow. One of the crucial steps is to poke holes in the spaghetti squash so that the steam can escape. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I uh, one day forgot to do that. Oh! Did you? About 10 minutes in, there was a pop I heard from the other room, <laughs> and then my microwave door had come open, <laughs> and it had all exploded. So it was a fun thing to walk into. Yes! I bet it was. It was time to clean the microwave anyway. Well, there you go. <laughs> that is a very good way of looking at it. It was a gentle reminder from my microwave. Yeah. Clean me. So after a conversation that Taylor and I had with a friend yesterday, Taylor now knows what he wants to be called when he is a grandfather someday. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a ways off. We got to get to the father first before I'm a grand. I know, but, but, but this was inspiring. This, I know, you were really impressed by this. I didn't know this was an option. Okay, so we have a friend who's a grandpa, and we just kind of got onto the conversation of, you know, what do your grandkids call you? And his grandkids call him Poppy, which we thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, and it was just kind of like that was what the kids decided to call him. That's what mom and dad said. This, this is Poppy. They yeah. named him for him. <laughs> But what what our friend Poppy, that's what he'll be known as, what Poppy said was, yeah, but you don't know what the, uh, their other grandpa is named. And we were like, well, what do they call their other grandpa? They call him Duke. Duke. And how did he get that name? He chose it. And it, it's <laughs> he great. He said, because- tell the kids I want to be called Duke. And he's sitting there saying, I didn't realize you could choose your own grandparent name. <laughs> He's like, I thought it was supposed to be like, they can't pronounce your name and so something comes out or mom and dad just say, this is Poppy. He's like, I didn't know you could choose. But no, you can just as the parents are trying to name their child, you can name yourself and be like, hey kids, I'm Duke. (laughs) Taylor and I have a friend. We were talking to him yesterday. He's a grandpa and his grandkids refer to him as Poppy, which is not a name that he chose. It was actually the name that his children chose. The other grandpa in the family... His name is Duke. Because he chose it. He just decided one day, my grandpa name is Duke and my grandchildren will call me Duke. And we were that led us to this discussion. We didn't know that you could choose your own grandpa name, but we know that there's lots of great ones out there, grandparent names, and we want to hear about them. When my hubby and I had children, we picked the names that our kids were going to call the different grandparents. Okay, so you got to choose them. So one set of grandparents were Papa Bill and Grandma Kay. So the other parents easily could have just been grandma and grandpa, but their last name was so long that we didn't want the kids to struggle with what to call them. And they lived right across the cornfield from us. 
So they became known as Grandma and Grandpa Up the Road. <laughs> so Grandma Up the Road is going to come see you, or we're going to go to Grandma and Grandpa's Up the Road. Well, then my mother decided Grandma Up the Road was too hard to write or took too long to write on cards, so she used to abbreviate it G-U-T-R, so she became gutter. <laughs> Grandma Up the Road, gutter, G-U-T-R. Oh, this is so much fun. I love it. I mean, it. who doesn't love talking about their grandparents? But where did their name come from? Because we call them all sorts of things. You got a good one for us, Janine? I'm kind of a young grandma, and I wanted a cute grandma name. So I tried a few out in my mind before my first grandson was born, and then I chose Grammy. I thought, mm, you know, Grammys, like that's kind of an award, you know. Oh, yeah. There you go. And started saying things like, oh, let's go in Grammy's car. We're going to go to Grammy's house. Well, somehow that got all slurred together, and now I'm greased. <laughs> greased? <laughs> so he gets so excited to see me. Yay, Grease is here. Oh, yay, Grease. And he just like, everyone just kind of looks at me like, oh, okay. <laughs> if they want you to be able to sleep in on a sleepover, you can be able to say, hey, you got to be really quiet in the morning because Dawn is tough on Greece. Oh! <laughs> no, don't laugh oh, that's, at that! That's bad. Don't laugh at that! <laughs> don't encourage him! <laughs> Talking about grandparent names, the, <laughs> the more interesting, the better. Hey, who's this? This is Katie, and I have my son, Wyatt, and he wanted to call and tell you about what he called his grandparents. Oh, good. Hi, Katie and Wyatt. Okay, Wyatt, what do you call your grandparents? Backstory, we have grandparents and then great-grandparents that live in the area. Okay. And he needed a differentiation between the two. So, what do you call the other grandparents? Um, your grandma. He calls them regular grandma. <laughs> regular grandma. <laughs> so there's great grandma and regular grandma. Yeah, that must make her feel great, I'm sure. I think if you were to define what strong woman was or point mm. out an example of one, it would be Luann who works in our office. She is yeah. a strong woman, except when a mouse catapults towards her face out of a trash can, apparently then she faints. She literally fainted at a mouse. <laughs> And so we are celebrating Luann's fainting by asking you to tell us your critter encounter stories. I am terrified of snakes. And the home that we lived in at the time, we had the brick wall, reseeding walls. We thought we would do some landscaping and we'd take those walls down. While I was in the house, my husband and my daughter, who was only two at the time, they thought it would be fascinating what my husband did to give it to my two-year-old to bring to me to oh, say, look, Mom, you look what I have. No. And as I come around the corner of the house, he's walking literally with this snake by the tail, <laughs> and I see it, and I start running. Well, she's running after me with this snake, <laughs> and I won't stop. And she's crying at the same time because she's just trying to show Mommy what she has. <laughs> but Mommy won't stop to address it. I ran away from my child. <laughs> While she was sobbing at you. Yes. <laughs> and what was your husband her. doing this entire time? Couldn't control his raging laughing. Sounds about right. Uh-huh. I don't think we know exactly how we'll react, 
when we come face to face with a critter that we are not supposed to come face to face with. But I know this. Our friend Luann fainted when she had a catapulting mouse coming at her face. So we want to know what happened when you encountered a critter. I was about 12 years old. This is out in the country, you know. Anyway, I was walking from my neighbors down the rock road and I seen this huge bull snake cross the road, but I caught him before he got in the grass. Anyway, I come walking behind the house, and here's my little brother, 10 years old, standing on a round concrete slab in the middle of the yard. And I snuck up, and I whirled that snake around, you know, top of my head like a rope or something, you know. And I let go of it, and it wrapped right around his neck. Oh, my goodness! He screamed. He, he thought it fell out of the sky. <laughs> Did you guys have a good relationship after that? He wouldn't talk to me for the rest of the day. <laughs> now, Nyla, she's got a story of a creature encounter. My husband and I used to host a small group at our house years ago, and we were at the end of small group. We were probably a couple hours in, and we were going to celebrate one of our friend's birthday. So we were cutting the cake, but I opened up the garbage can with the lid on it to throw something away. And I freaked out. There was a face staring back at me in the garbage can. What? I closed the garbage can and I started screaming. I like hopped and jumped down the end of the hallway. And I was like, there is something in the trash can. It's a ferret. It's a rat. It's something. I was like, it's a lot bigger than a mouse. So like I come back down from the hallway because I jumped down the hallway. So I could see all my friends like literally two or three of them were standing on the furniture. So then my husband went and got his shoes and another guy like they grabbed the garbage can and they took it outside to the porch and they were shaking the garbage can. They were like, Nyla, nothing is in here. Oh, no! so I am telling you, there is a face in there. So my friend shook the garbage can and then this opossum came out what? Off in the trash can. And he just played dead. He just sat there on the deck with like nine or ten of us surrounding this possum. He was inside uh, for hours. He was in there for hours. We sat. I have no idea how he got in there or when he got in there. But this possum was just reaching out like in our garbage can for hours in the house without oh us knowing about it. He was living his best life is what he was he doing. Was. He was in a good spot. Yes. Okay. Kay's story about the snake, this is not for the faint of heart. I'm just warning you right now. Yeah, when did you encounter a snake? I get up and I went into the restroom and got my coffee, went and sat down. Then my oldest daughter, she'd gotten up. She was very quiet and went into the bathroom. And next thing I know, she leaned her head out and she said, I think that snake that dad flushed down the toilet yesterday is still in there. No, sure no, enough, no, no. There, I'm so serious. There, I went and the snake was wound around underneath the toilet seat. I had sat on that previously. <laughs> no! No! I know. Maybe you've been here before. Been a little while since you've been to the grocery store. <laughs> oh my goodness, right now. Oh, oh. You have to exercise more and more creativity when the meals come around. <laughs> and this Sunday, we, we hit that moment where I was like, I don't think I have an option. Like, we, there was no cereal. We didn't have bread. We didn't have eggs. So, I, so breakfast. Yeah, for breakfast. Oh. I opened up a, a little tin of cottage cheese, and it just had a layer of blue all the way across the top. <laughs> I realized it had been expired since early February. Taylor! 
So I was like, okay, that's going away. Oh, wow. That is literally the cupboards were bare. The cupboards were bare. And I didn't want to make a trip in the morning. I had places to be. And so I'm just like rummaging around. Is there anything just like edible that I can convince myself as a meal? For breakfast? For breakfast. For breakfast. The very first thing in the morning. Yeah. Finally, in the very back of the refrigerator, I found leftovers from when we had had our Bible study group over and had a cookout, and I made a bunch of brats, and not all the brats got eaten. And so there was one brat with some boiled onions over the top of it. No bun, just sitting there in a Tupperware. I was like, I guess... There was no blue over top of it. There was no blue. No, it was, no it blue. was Everything was the right color. And so... I had a brat and onions for breakfast. How'd you do with that? You know what? Better than I thought. (laughs) Let's just call it adventurous. All right. Your choice of eating a two week old brat with onions on it for breakfast. That's adventurous. Yeah. But you know what? I got some protein. There's nutrients and onions. So with Taylor's story of his adventurous breakfast, it actually sent me on a little adventure of my own um, at a website called The Daily Meal, which is one of my favorites because it's all about food. And I was reading about some of the more adventurous breakfast choices at 50 different in 50 different countries across the world. Until I came across this one. And I thought it was very apropos because we have a large Dutch population in our listening Mm -hmm. area, in our beloved Pella. So I was reading about one of uh, the, I would call it adventurous breakfast choices in the Netherlands. It's called Hageslag. They're sprinkles, Taylor. Like chocolate sprinkles. You can get Uh chocolate, fruit, or anise flavored sprinkles, and they put it on bread. So, so the, the hagelslag br- is is the sprinkles. It's yes, and they eat it on bread, sprinkles on bread, sprinkle bread, sprinkle bread for breakfast. What, what kind of bread are we talking about here? Is this like a slice of Wonder Bread? I don't know. It's just bread. It just said sprinkles, it sprinkles just said on bread, sprinkles on bread. I kind of want to try that. Of course you do. Course. I mean, I, I don't have nice sprinkles at home, and I definitely don't have nice bread, but I can do hagelslag on a budget. <laughs> Some Sarah Lee white bread slices. Hug a slog on a budget. Talking about adventuresome breakfasts after Taylor's two-week-old brat with onions. I let him know. I actually came across this article about adventuresome breakfasts in uh, 50 different countries. And the one from the Netherlands, I thought Taylor might be interested in. I, it's uh, we're, we're still not entirely sure how to pronounce it, but it sounds like like Hagelslag. It's essentially chocolate sprinkles on a piece of bread. Which I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. Number one, I have had Hagenslaw, and you can pick it up in Pella if you want to try it. Okay, Really? So you can buy the chocolate sprinkles at Pella at the bakery and go try it. They really do eat it. I have family in the Netherlands. We had it for breakfast. It's true. So, what? I'm just saying, you can go try it. Okay. Yeah, for real. Okay. I do that. Okay, here's my breakfast. Soft boiled eggs. And then you put a little bacon in the pan first. And then in the bacon grease, you... Fry your egg up and keep it soft. Mm-hmm. Put a bed of lettuce on a plate. Pour the bacon grease and the soft egg over the lettuce and then mush it all up. And then put nutritional yeast on it and you have a power-packed breakfast. It is delicious. Wow. I'm telling you. Okay. So why the lettuce? Well, because I need more greens and I try to eat greens in all my meals. So we make eggs and bacon and just put it on some greens. You got it. And you, you'd be shocked. It's so good. The bacon grease, right? And no dressing because it's all like mushy. And well, it's bacon grease. Like the bacon grease it's is the bacon. dressing. I mean, come on. 
So we're narrow-minded, huh? Is that what you're saying when it comes to breakfast? I didn't say that. <laughs> I just said that uh, it seems like Americans have much stricter definitions for what qualifies as breakfast foods than other countries. And I think maybe it's time for us to be a little adventurous when it comes to breakfast. What you got for us, Katie? So I have actually changed my breakfast to leftovers or soups and salads. <laughs> Soup and salad for she breakfast. Giggled. She giggled. Well, I figured if I'm eating cereal or toast, I'm getting no nutritional value. So uh-huh. I switch it up and I feel better throughout the day. Wow. So, like, give me a, for example, like this morning, what did you have? Do you like that oriental chicken salad? Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Mm, okay. That's good. Had that. that makes a great breakfast. Okay. And then what's soup? And soup, I will make like a pot of soup throughout the week, like sausage and veggies or, you know, some sort of meat and veggies and just eat that for breakfast. You make homemade soup? Yes. Can I come live with you? (laughs) Absolutely. Come on over. You and I will probably never meet Jerry. We could read his book. It's called A Grace Disguised. I read it earlier this year, and it may be one of the most impactful books I've read in the last five years. Jerry says after the tragedy that took away his mother, his wife, and his daughter in Mm. one fell swoop, one one accident, took away all the three generations of women. After that happened, about three years later, he was in his church and a man came up to him and he said, I'm sorry that I haven't talked with you and spent time around you. And the reason why is because what happened to you is my greatest fear and being around you terrifies me. Ooh. And Jerry says, contrast that with my small group who, after the accident, came around me and literally for the next 30 years stayed around me and he said they literally walked with me through my pain and eventually because of life I walked with them through theirs losses of spouses wayward children divorces uh, mental illness things like that he said we all took turns and continue to take turns Mm -hmm. walking in each other's pain and I literally in my house by myself I went oh I have always had a hard time with this idea of Mm self-care because it seems so selfish. Yeah, it's got self in the name. But if you are going to walk with somebody in their pain and take on that pain as if it was your own because you love them so, and you're going to live like that continually, then you'd better take some time in your life to do what Jesus did. And go in the mountain and pray or go out on the boat and take a rest Mm. or go take a nap down in the belly of the boat. This morning, I had a eureka moment. Why self-care is important. And it's because of how we are called to live as believers, which is to help each other through their pain. Yeah, I think Jerry was saying that this is part of being made in the image of God. We see how God deals with pain is that he doesn't say, "Ooh, that scares me of what might happen. He walks into the pain. Mm -hmm. It's like he finds your personal rain cloud and he makes it a rain cloud for two. So as image bearers, the way that we can look different in the world is to literally go put your arm around that person in your life that is hurting and carry them through that and continue to do that, Mm -hmm. which means every once in a while you're going to have to take a rest. 
so you hear this term self-care yeah. it's i mean i think it's still a little bit of a buzzword and jen you just had kind of a light bulb moment with it i've never really liked that word and i don't like to focus solely on self-care because it sounds selfish mm-hmm. but this morning listening to a podcast in the very very early morning hours i had a eureka moment because i realized why yeah self-care is important because it's it's not the end it's a means to our mission because our mission is to walk with each other in their pain but that's exhausting and so every once in a while you need self-care and there are models of this in the bible right you you were mentioning jesus himself like if jesus needed to practice self-care i think we should learn he would often go and pray by himself he'd spend time alone before then going out and just i mean walking with people in their pain oh my goodness touching the lepers whole towns and he would have to heal all the sick and all the depressed and all the anxious, he must have been exhausted in his humanity. And this is just a rhythm, the more I think about it, that comes throughout the Bible. I mean, it starts with God calling at the time he was named Abram. He ends up changing his name to Abraham. But he says, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. So that you can be a blessing. And you look at Israel in these times, a lot of times when the prophets got really mad at Israel was when they were trying to hoard all the goodness for themselves and not share it with the people around them. Mm-hmm. So I think you look at this and all of a sudden self-care becomes a completely different thing that it's a tool. We practice self-care so that we can care for others who are hurting. Mm -hmm. It is a little weird that we try to be God's PR guy sometimes, right? I mean, if you look at the Christian community, especially like in the last maybe even 15 years ago, there weren't an awful lot of books that talked about asking the difficult questions of God and grieving and the loss and the brokenness of those of this world everything was we have to be joyful we do we have to be upbeat and both of those are important yeah there is real joy but there's also real hurt and if we're going to be people and God is going to be fully transcendent and beyond us there are going to be things that he does that don't make sense and we're going to have to ask him difficult and hard questions this totally just hit me this morning it was like a light bulb went on. Jesus Christ hanging on the cross screams up to heaven, my God, why have you forsaken me? The son of God asked that question. I don't know that there could be a more difficult and anguishing question to ask God. I think if God can handle that, he can handle us saying, God, why did you let that person die? Mm -hmm. God, why did you take away my job? God, why can't I get pregnant? Mm -hmm. God can handle those questions. He's got a big enough chest to handle your fist beating on it. The Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.